I'm recording. How's it going, man? Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm doing well. How are you? Excellent. Uh, another beautiful day, another special day for an OTX NT episode. So, uh, Andrew, what are we talking about today, man? You know, uh, I just got back from vacation and trying to get ready. The kids are going back to school. They just did. You know, I thought maybe we'd talk about just how uh, we kind of get into this transition and pursue the new really school year, which a lot of times is also synonymous with the church year and kind of get in the swing of things again. What do you think? Hey, well, that sounds great to me. Um, I'm down, man. So let's do it. You want to start us off the Lord's prayer and then we'll just jump in. Let's do it. Uh, Bow with me if you would. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That last part, I just think, you know, is is nothing wrong with it. I'll just. I know, but I have to address that. And I think I'm going to address it. Debating about whether I just address it this Sunday because preaching on that you know it's kind of tricky but adding it in and finishing it i don't know i gotta do that so well all right so talk to me of what do you begin let's talk from a um i don't know i mean you think about starting back to school i i can tell you from my mind you know what is on my mind for school which is okay i gotta think about this right kids are back in school we've had them all summer what, what am I, my immediate thought goes to um, what's happening in those seven hours that they're there. And for some, it's much longer, depending if you drop them off earlier, if they have after school activities, um, you know, I, I immediately, you know, even more recently, we were making some decisions based on, um, you know, who is the teacher that's in the class. I mean, I tell you, um, looking up who your kid's teacher is, seeing if they've posted anything can be very valuable because you'll have an idea of who's the kind of person they're letting in. We've made some uh, big changes based on that, um, you know, of who, who's going to be sitting in front of my kid. And I thought from this social media account, uh, you ain't doing it. Um, so, I, you know, we've been thinking about that. So one thing that's been a big push is with our families at the church is continuing to push that. You put your kids in school, but you as the parent continue to do the hard work of discipling and raising your kids. Sure, they're going to go learn math and science and history. And if you're in Oregon, I don't think any of that actually matters because of what the governor just signed. You don't actually have to read or know math to graduate. Um, but, you know, you're hoping that those are taking place. But what about the Bible? Um, and and if, you're, if your plan is just, I put my kids in school and then I'll bring them on Wednesday and on Sunday, or even just Sunday, um, your kids are not going to learn the Bible. Um, and so you've got to be thinking about what, what you're going to do. So I'll just tell you from our experience, we do as a church, um, I was just having our meeting this morning. Uh, we've been talking about, and we really started hammering this in since COVID of the, the, the you know, going back to our, un, the root understanding that parents do the job of ministry with their kids. So Deuteronomy 6 talking about, you know, talking to them when you rise up, when you lie down, when you go on your way, um, you know, all of that, talking to your kids. So we have a, um, let me get it up. And uh, we have a little book that we go through and we're trying to push through. Um, and it's a, in a way, it's a, it's a sort of a catechism. Um, but Baptists, we're not really catech 
anarchists or are um, we you know <laughs> well the old school because i just actually yeah. bought a uh uh, what is it? A Baptist catechism from the Reftunes guy. If you've ever gone to Reftunes, I think it's Reftunes.org or huh. I forgot what it was, but uh, they've, they've got a, a whole full 144 page colored Baptist catechism from the London Baptist. Um, conf- is it confession? Uh, hold on. Yeah. Second, say. second London, uh, 16, what? 89 second London Baptist confession. Which that would is, be the one I can't believe you're firing that off unless you're Wikipedia. I even on tweeted. Your I, I, I read that whole thing just a couple months. It's a ago. great one. I, so, I like, but here's what much of it. Here's what we have said at our church, man. And I'll shut up and let you talk. Cause I just feel like it's been one sided. Um, and I'll sit and drink my water filled uh, soda bottle. <laughs> um, we have gone with, and we've been doing this for a while as cornerstones. Uh, this was put out by uh, Broadman and Holman. Um, and it, so it's, it's our people, but it's essentially in a catechism form of like questions that you would ask. And so we've kind of created a textbook. And so for the church, for our Wednesday program, but we hope seeps into the rest of the life of the church is um, we have kind of a curriculum. So, you know, we've designed it. So we're in September. And so in September, since we started this last year, uh, we're in the discipleship section and we want you to be in discipleship section for September and October, based on the amount of questions. Um, and then we, you know, we say, Hey, read the Bible, you know, try to have something with your family, but we're trying to have a curriculum to say, here's something we can tangibly put in your hands so that you're doing something with your kids beyond how was church today. Right. So we're doing that. We're trying to challenge them. Then we're going to look at some resources to put in the hands of moms and dads. Um, beyond that, just as, you know, like supplemental reading. So that's the first thing that comes to mind is what is your game plan for when your kids are home with you? Um, because if you don't, you know, put your time into them then that you're going to see that it's the world and it's the, whatever, te- whatever, you know, hopefully, yeah. and you pray that God would give you a godly teacher. Um, but that's about it. So what are your thoughts? Well, and I think this is important to discuss because, um, Especially, you know, I, I was just at Ark Encounter. I went to Kentucky on vacation and Creation Museum. I, I always love the answers and Genesis guys. I generally agree with the position. Uh, I'm not necessarily a, a huge um, proponent saying you've got to go out and believe everything uh, on the young earth side, but I, I do land there and I do in, enjoy the way that they pursue it. And uh, I'm, I'm working through Ken Ham's book, um, Will They Stand? Looking at the Next Generation. And one of the things that he said for years is, you know, it, it's not like culture is neutral and that you're sending your kid to a neutral school where they're going to mm-hmm. learn the neutral value of math, science and uh, literature. No, it, culture is generally anti-Christian today. It's not even just um, non-Christian. It, it, the schools today are teaching things that are opposed to, to scripture. Mm-hmm. And so if you're sending your kid to a school that is teaching things opposed to scripture, as a parent, you, you don't just have to kind of add Bible to the mix. You have to un, uh, unbrainwash the kids. Yeah. Uh, and they get your kids seven, eight hours a day. And for dads that are working full time, you might get your kids two hours a day uh, in, in the awake time frame. Right. So I, mean, I don't know what bedtimes are, but, you know, if you get home a little after five or six and your kids are in bed by eight, nine o'clock, you don't have a lot of time. And I think most parents are exhausted. Moms are working. Dads are working. They get home and everybody eats dinner, watches some TV and goes to bed. So the reality is that we're losing 80% of our kids, if not more, uh, from church once they grow to a point 
that they uh, make the decision to go to church or not. And I think as parents that this is a real big challenge that most parents are not taking seriously. And the assumption is that we go to church on Sunday, they'll go to church on Sunday. But do you go to church on Sunday? You know, do you, do you go to church on Wednesday? Do you go when the doors are open? Or if there's a baseball game, does church need to be postponed that Sunday? And mm -hmm. you start adding up these different uh, exceptions and you find that you're not in church, but maybe a third, two thirds of the year. And your kids are learning. One, they're learning in school not to believe what the church is teaching. And then they're learning from parents that church is not of such a high value. So one of the things that I, I really do want to encourage right now is, you know, one, um, not everyone can afford private school and not everyone has the time for homeschool. So you've got to then say, well, what I do have is these precious hours to invest in my kids. And as dads, if you invest in your kids, that will go a long way. Yeah. Uh, and you prepare them for class. They're going to be teaching you today, children, that there are alternative lifestyles that are yeah. uh, wonderful and appropriate. And as parents, when the kids get home, you have to kind of say, that's what the world thinks. And Jesus called us not to be of the world. Uh, this is what Jesus says. And, and so you have to find ways to take the time to teach that. Uh, when I was looking at this years ago, I found a statistic that said that kids that actually go to church and go to Sunday school are less likely to stay in the faith than kids that don't go to Sunday school. And I was like, that can't be right. Did I read that correct? And I was going back. I still don't know if that's correct because it sounds so crazy to me. But what they mm -hmm. were saying is, especially if you go to church and that church doesn't have a family worship, that the parents send the kids off to Sunday school and they assume that the kids then are getting it. And what's really happening there is that the parents are uh, delegating the spiritual discipleship to someone else. And it's yeah. not as powerful as the parents retaining that. And it's actually even better when the family stays together in church, worships together. The children look up at their mom and dad and they see them praying and they say, oh, this is real. And that is a powerful thing that can happen after school when you do what you're doing. You open the book and you say, look, kids, let's talk about this because we believe this as a family. And yeah. the, the kids say, oh, OK, this isn't just something. And I would say that if you send your kids to private school, you'd run the same risk of delegating this out to the uh, the school teachers. And when it comes home, if you don't take the effort to say, this is what I also believe, the children may also kind of, as they get older, say, well, that was something I learned in school that was for kids, but my mom and dad didn't really bring it home and they'll just kind of outgrow it. And yeah, unfortunately, I, I think that's happening all too often. So I think as we get into a new school year, we, see, we need to take the effort to say, what are we going to do? It doesn't even matter. Open a chapter of the Bible, let the kids take turns reading verses and do that before bed as a family. If you can get good material, yeah. like you're promoting, you know, that's fabulous. And then, you know, reestablish those habits because we all got into the, you know, screen time, we're tired at night and you have to kind of schedule the appointment with the kids that you're going to do this or else it, it won't happen. And then yeah. church attendance also being paramount. Just remember, every time that you send your kid to something other than church, you just told the child that this is more important than worshiping God today. And that is a dangerous thing to communicate, even to yourself. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, to be super legalistic, well, that's my, my viewpoint. No, I mean, I would, I would heartily agree because you and I have both seen it because we've done youth ministry too. And, and, you know, Ken Ham also, he, didn't he also wrote the book that was called already gone. Isn't that the idea that we think it's high school 
that is people are abandoning. And it's actually much younger uh, that they're already abandoning because they've already made their mind up based on what they've seen. Uh, but, you know, I remember in youth ministry, that's the that's the whole thing is mom and dad taking kids to, you know, to whatever sports you know, uh, game and the kids are barely in and then the parents taking time off for their own stuff. And so you begin to see that like the foundation has been laid of all that just in terms of attendance for Bible study or for church. I remember um, one of the guys that you and I both knew um, who was doing youth ministry at a church near to you uh, had told me that uh, towards the end, his son was going to be graduating um, and uh, that the, this, this guy's son was going to graduate. So he goes to our friend who's one of the youth pastors there. And he says, I need you to, I, I really want you to speak into my son's life about what it means to be a man of God. Um, and he was shocked by that because here we are, you're asking me to do this and your son is graduating. Where have you been? Right. That like that that should have been taking place in your home. That should have been taking place already with the men of the church. Um, and yet, what this parent has decided to do was that he was going to delegate that and let our let our friend be the person to do it. So there's that. I, I would say one big thing that we have an oversight on is we forget too. It's not just the school. Um, it's not just. Um, that we're worried about, you know, I think you need to be worried about what are they learning from a teacher? I think you also need to take the effort and say, what are they hearing from their friends? Yeah. Um, you know, like, you know, you, you've got to be able to sift through that stuff too. I think there needs to be a daily conversation um, that you have to have of recapping what went on at school. I need to know what are your friends talking about? Like, and it doesn't have to be interrogation, but you should be able to ask questions in such a way that shows that you're interested in your kids and hopefully they'll bring up stuff that you can say, yeah, you know, that's just something that, you know, we don't, we're not doing that. That's not what we're about. Uh, but you've got to have to do that too, because whether yeah, you have the sweetest teacher in the world, um, you know, a lot of the stuff is going to happen with those kids. I mean, I remember I was in private Christian school for a little bit of time growing up and uh, some of the worst people, some of the worst stuff I was exposed to uh, was happening from the students that were there. And so, you know, luckily my folks didn't, uh, luckily my folks were not people who just said, hey, as long as you go to the private school and we head up to church, we're okay. Um, you know, but um, that is something that I think you've got to be mindful of is who are your kids with? Who do they hang out with? Uh, who are they? Because that's going to often be a lot more telling too than what you might or might not get from some influential teacher. Yeah. Uh, and so we try to be mindful of that and have those conversations of who they are. Uh, who are these kids? What do you guys do? How was, how was, right? Did you make any friends? How that, I think all of those are just regular conversations you want to have to be up on up, you know, up with it for sure. Yeah. I, I, it's just so important, you know, the Bible, uh, let me just, we've talked about this, but not on the air here, <laughs> but I get very frustrated when I see parents kind of using their kids as the evangelist of the family. Uh, yeah. and so, uh, we don't do evangelisms. We're, we're adults. So we're going to send our kids to be the evangelists who are not, uh, fully mature, developed. And again, I, I do want to reach and I want my children's to see me reach the lost. And we'll do that through athletics and different ways of inviting people to church. But the reality is the Bible also says that bad morals, uh, sorry, bad company corrupts good morals. And we do send a, 
tell our kids, oh, you got to love that person, spend more time with them. Well, you know, there's a time to cut it off and say, this is a bad friendship, a bad relationship, and we don't want you hanging out with so-and-so uh, right now. And that sometimes is the right parental move. And you can always pray for the troubled kids, but maybe, you know, especially, you know, your own kids, not all of our kids are the leaders. You know, we may have some leaders in our uh, children and we may have some followers and, and you've got to kind of gauge uh, what kind of influence is, is coming off on your children. Yeah. And, you know, you're as husband, I mean, let's just go further. Um, who is your wife hanging out with? You know, is there bad influences there? Who are you hanging out with? You know, are, are there bad influences there? Because that is going to pull us away uh, from God. And, and these are the things that, you know, I just, I, I kind of see this as it's a new start time. And for me, especially because I work in academia, but even in the church, so much of the new year is not January 1st. It's really like right now as, as kids are getting back into school and everybody's resetting regular habits, this is a good time to just ask those questions and saying, okay, what can I do now that will help me be closer to Christ tomorrow or this time next year? Yeah. And, uh, and then as a, if there's men listening, and um, I think there are, God's given you, if you're a father and a husband, a distinct responsibility to lead this charge in your family. And uh, it's not something that you delegate to your wife because after all, she's taking care of the little ones. It's something that you work with your wife and you are trying to construct. And I, I, you know, I think we ought to do a discussion on masculinity because I think that's lost in culture. But uh, one of the best things you can do as a man and as a husband and a father is to say, God gave the church leaders to equip them for ministry. God gave the family you to equip them to follow Christ. And so your responsibility as a father, as a husband is to lead your family to Christ. Yeah. And, and you will answer to Jesus for how you do that on judgment day. And yeah. that, that should be a sobering, uh, a sobering thought. It is for me. I think most people, that's another video for us. I don't think most people even care about answering oh i'm saved already you know what i mean like what's it gonna do what, one less jewel in my crown i mean like no this is a bigger deal i think you're gonna be a very aware of of those things and you're gonna you will stand before the lord and will you know have to answer for your work on how you built on that foundation um you know i'll, I'll say that um that I think that this is this is smart stuff. This is stuff to be thinking about. I don't think, and I think I've become more inclined to, to see it this way, is I don't think the best strategy for your family is to, is to make your kids be missionaries for you. Um, you know, look, I do think that happens. I think it happens yeah. that God uses kids. Like even my father-in-law, my father-in-law got saved. Because I think he was in the principal's office and the boy that was sitting next to him was a kid who invited him home and he met the family and they invited him to church. And that's how that blossomed. Right. So there's that. You know, I do see that God does that and uses yeah. that. However, I think the stats for the most part are that's usually not how this works. And for the most part, you I think we should be saying, how do I raise my kids and disciple them now so that when they are a start, they have a stronger foundation as a disciple maker that then I can release them to be those arrows that, that God has sent me to shoot out. Right. So I do think that that's kind of like, we, we can't, I hear it all the time. Well, we got to have a presence. We got to have a light. Okay. Well then what are you doing as the parent? Are you involved with the PTA or the PTSO or, uh, are you, uh, are you subbing? Are you around? Are you, you going to be the light there? Because I think for the most part, 
if you're hoping that you're if, if you're slapping it on that I'm just I'm putting them in school because they're going to be the light. Um, if you're not doing all that you can to build them up to be a light and you're just hoping that they're going to be a light because they go to church with you. I, I find that hard to, to really see that that light's going to shine very bright. Yeah, and I think part of the example you give is, okay, that, that was the parents working with the evangelistic efforts of the child, and they brought them into our household, right? So mom and dad practiced hospitality evangelism, and they, the child knew that, hey, if I invite little Johnny over, he'll come to my house, and now we control the messaging, right? And we are able to show the love of Christ to that young person or to the family, and we bring them over. And so that's a partnership. Uh, so often what we're doing, though, is we're trying to excuse uh, the reality that we're too busy to evangelize. And, you know, well, the kids need to be salt and light. We'll just send them into the world. Uh, and even Jesus didn't do that on day one with his disciples. You know, eventually he sends them out uh, as sheep among wolves. And so we are doing that with our kids at a very early age. And we have to just be aware. And it's extra work. If you can't control the content and the messaging that your kids are getting seven hours, eight hours a day, you've got to take advantage of what you have. And you have one advantage over the school, and that is that your mom and dad and what you teach makes a difference. And it, it cuts a lot quicker to the heart of the child than the teacher. And so take advantage of that opportunity. Um, and I would just say, you know, there's some practical things maybe that you can do right now as things are starting up. And one is establish that uh, family devotional time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, put a little calendar out and let the kids put a little line through each night that you do it so they can start creating the chain and they get excited about every night. And when you're exhausted and you don't want to do it, the kids are the ones that are going to say, aren't we going to do our study, right? And yeah. um, commit to that. And then commit, commit to making worship a priority because that's the other place that you can really uh, make an impact. And um, then, I don't know, you know, should the adults do some things? Uh, I mean, I think the adults, if you're seriously going to do this, you got to do it with you first, right? So kids need to see that's priority for you. Um, now, like if we're just talking about if you don't have kids and you're listening to this, or maybe you're an empty nester at this point, and you might think, well, I didn't do it that way. Okay, but you can do it now. Um, yeah. So even if you don't, if you've got grandkids, when they're with you, how, how do you rub off on them? You know, um, but even if you don't have kids around, like I do think you should make a habit of saying, I'm going to do this. And if, if I'm going to be, God's already placed you somewhere, right? You have your job, your place of, uh, that you go to, your place of play or, or third space as uh, Eddie Pearson likes to talk about that third place that you go. Um, how are you going to be there? And are you equipped enough to do it? I think a lot of people too, I think like these are, there are a lot of hard questions that are out there. And I think a lot of Christians ignore them. Um, they, you know, you'll like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'll just say this. Okay. So you think about the stuff that you, as they get older, the kind of questions that your kids are going to hit. And, uh, and you know, a lot of times people just say, well, I don't know, you know, or ask the pastor, like truth is parent, you've got the ability to research stuff. You've got things to look at. Like you should try to strengthen yourself in what does the Bible say and teach and not just say, well, I don't know, or go ask the pastor. Um, you know, like you should be wanting to grow in those two and to combat the, the worldly ideology that your kid is getting. And I would say that's the same, whether you have kids or not, like you, are you, 
are you trying to find answers to the questions that are being given to you? Uh, or are you just simply writing them off and not really thinking those are priority? Because there is that big movement now, too, which is what is it? They call it like the mere Christianity movement. Yeah, yeah. And it's not based on C.S. Lewis's mere Christianity, but the idea that I just need Jesus. All that other stuff. I don't need to think about this. As long as I just talk about Jesus, then we're OK. No, that's not really what OK. Like we need to focus on on, you know, knowing and having answers because a lot of people reject because of other things, too. Um, you know, and so how do you deal with those? How do you address those things? Uh, is your worldview coherent? Uh, is it is it a smart view of Christianity or are you just putting pieces together of things that you grew up and were taught, but you've never looked into it yourself? So there's that I think we've got to think about as well, dude. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you and I are kind of similar. I don't think either of us are huge uh, sports fans. Um, I, I'm always kind of the odd man out in a group of men who are talking about football or baseball and they know all these statistics and they, you know, they, they remember who won a few years back. I, I didn't even care who won this year. Right. Um, I'm just not wired that way. But the reality is if you've got the time to devote certain things to memory because it interests you, then you should have the discipline to devote certain biblical truths to memory. Um, I would ask you this. Do you think Babe Ruth cares today who broke his record? Uh, it's meaningless today. You know, we, we yeah. retain these facts. Who cares? You know, what, what matters is, you know, will you hear well, well done, good and faithful servant or not? And so we, we have to, again, I'm not have fun in life. Okay. There, there's a place uh, to use. But I would uh, say, but, yeah. but that's, you're, you're drilling into a point that's important, right? Which is whether it's sports or news. I mean, you think about all the things like, in, think about regular conversation, depending on what news you watch, you'll be able to fire off all these things, all the stuff that's going on, all these things. But like, if I were to ask you, okay, well, like, what about the Bible? Right? Like, yeah. what do you think about these concepts? And they would be like, oh, I've never heard of this. Like, I remember having a conversation, you know, you're talking about like, everybody knows what's going on in the world with all these topics and all these big deals. But when it comes to just some basic, like theological conversations or some, some, some topics that maybe are not, you know, lower shelf conversations like they're clueless so they know everything else from politics and news and all of that but yet when it comes to like the scriptures it comes to the doctrine those are things that you know those just aren't as interesting i guess and it can be interesting for sure well and that's uh, the reality is that we have the opportunity to reach people for for christ and you might be able to use things in the world that interest you as bridges to create conversations and so you know, by all means, uh, God's given you interests and desires that are, are, are helpful because the whole world is God's and, um, and that's wonderful. But the reality is that the scripture is a unique uh, revelation of God and there, there should be an extra effort and desire to uh, attain the scripture in memory and in practice. And that it's not good enough to just say, well, I just can't memorize or I can't understand these things. Um, yeah, no, you know, you need to be prepared for when God puts someone in your life to be able to bridge something over to the gospel so that, that they could be one for Christ. And so, you know, that's something you can be doing as an adult that maybe you don't have kids. How's your devotional life? Are you working through the Bible? Are you working systematically through the Bible so that you'll get through it and you'll read passages you haven't read before? Yeah. And have you, you tried to yeah. learn anything new than just <laughs> that? I think most my impression of American Christianity is we are, we don't progress past the children's color, color pages, Bible. We don't progress past those stories. We don't know anything beyond, okay, David Sampson, you know, the Jesus stories, that's it. Like we don't do that. We should try to go 
Like you should be looking at not just a resource Bible, say what some teacher says about, but like the Bible should be open and you should, once you get into something that, that will open up on a theological topic, you know, and, and, you know, oh, get a systematic theology and just start looking at topics that are there too. Well, and, and God usually is working on you at some point. And when you get into the word, the spirit lays bare where you need to grow and, you know, go after that and ask God, you know, what, what should I do now that I have read this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and draw deeper into devotion, you know, uh, maybe you need to take up some fasting practices this fall, you know, maybe you, you gain some pounds this summer. And the best thing to do is to, to commit Mondays to the Lord and not eat that day. Um, and in that absence of food, replace it with prayer for a lost neighbor. You know, there's so much the Christian life that's beyond uh, just the basic uh, minimal practices uh, that helps us know our Savior better, right? The, the goal isn't to, um, to just uh, a, a self, you know, buffet the body, right? It, 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 the goal is buffeting the body so that I might draw closer to Jesus. And I would just say this is a great opportunity to reassess what are you doing and could you do more? Can you, as C.S. Lewis said, when they entered into the eternal realm, you know, deeper and further, can you go deeper and further into your relationship with Jesus? And, and I would, I would yeah. say to that too, though, that, um, you know, that those things that you do, those practices, those are going to be caught by others. They might seem weird at first that nobody does them, but your goal is that people might, you know, not that you, as Jesus said, you don't want to do that for show, or otherwise you got your reward in heaven. But you do think, I do think there's a place of setting that tone for the family, you know, that they do see you pray. They do see you, hey, I'm fasting. You're like, those are things that they can know that go on. And they're for the purpose of discipleship, not for self-glorification, for sure. Um, so there you go. That, that's, that's about all I got on this topic for today, man. Uh, yeah, we... Anything? I think it's good. I mean, it was a little looser today, and uh, but hopefully that'll encourage somebody. Um, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to myself half the time we're doing this and saying I got a lot of things I need to reassess. So if you want to go, if you want to send your kids to a good Christian school and you're in the Tucson area, where would that be, Andrew? Well, uh, K through eighth or preschool through eighth, we, we have a school at our church called Garden Christian Academy Central. Yeah. And so um, North Swan Baptist Church at Swan and Glen, you know, feel free to look us up there. We, we teach the Bible and it's a Christian environment. And, um, and then uh, there's other good Christian high schools. But if you are looking for a good Christian university, Wayland Baptist University has campuses in Sierra Vista, Tucson and Phoenix area. So Thanks for the plug. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. And, and, you know, look, I also not only am with, with Wayland, but, you know, I would, I'll just say it too here. I'm with Grand Canyon University. What's and cool? so, you know, I, I, sorry, we get I, along, you know, <laughs> we get along between Wayland and, and I and you, and it, it, it works out. It's a good relationship, but no, I think that is part of like, you know, look into that if you want to, but yeah, especially if you're in the area, go hang out with Andrew, go, you know, get plugged in. But don't just say go to school and then, uh, you know, never talk about it, never work on it when you're home. So, all right. Good conversation. I, I think so, you know, and it's good to get back in the swing a bit. So you want to close this out with the blessing? You bet, man. I'm look at the clock. I got to pick these kids up. So I, here we go. <laughs> May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Thanks for watching or listening, and we will talk to you guys later. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye.